Hello, everyone. Welcome to the One Flesh Podcast. My name is Haas Rauscher. The One Flesh Podcast is where we try to help young men get married, help young men build marriages worth having for the rest of their lives, uh, help young men find the right woman to marry. That's what we're trying to do here on the One Flesh Podcast. As you can tell, I don't have a very good intro because I can't think of one. I've racked my brain for weeks and weeks and weeks trying to get a good intro. So if you think that you can dial me up a good intro that sounds nice uh, that I could put in here, you send it to me and I'll try it. And if it doesn't work, then it doesn't work. But uh, yeah, I'm having a hard time coming up with one that's super unique that isn't just exactly like the one for the purpose podcast and it's difficult. So uh, you're going to get half-assed intros until somebody sends me an acceptable intro. Um, so anyway, guys, uh, you know that it, you know the drill. This is Wednesday. Uh, we, we release a One Flesh episode every single Wednesday. It's all about marriage. Uh, we talk about finding a girlfriend. We talk about getting her to be your wife. We talk about building a good marriage, what to do when that uh, it becomes difficult, uh, how to make it a lot easier on yourself, and how to be the type of man that a woman wants to marry. So uh, that's what we're going to do today. I opened it up with a little bit of, uh, or not opened it up, uh, I'm going to open it up with just a little bit of a remark about how good being married is. Um, I really enjoy it. Uh, you know, I try to make sure that it's an always a positive experience uh, on the podcast. Being married is absolutely awesome. Uh, I know a lot of people who absolutely, uh, they think that they hate it, but they just, they really, um, something went wrong and, uh, in them most likely, and they're not a fan of marriage. Uh, don't believe that. Don't get into that, uh, negative Nancy mindset. Marriage is absolutely awesome. I don't know what I would do without my wife. Like, honestly, uh, I can't even imagine, uh, living my life without her, uh, and without doing my best every day to, to keep her around. So, uh, just open up with that, uh, that, you know, um, full supporter of marriage. That's why I'm here is to help you guys have better, better marriages that make you feel the way that I feel about marriage. Don't let anybody tell you that it's not worth it. Uh, it's absolutely worth it. It's absolutely worth all the work that you're going to put into it. And uh, a good woman makes you a much, much better man. So, uh, yeah, anyway, guys, uh, what I wanted to do, y'all know I've been kind of struggling with content. Uh, as of late, trying to get people scheduled. Uh, it is, I don't know how some of these guys do it. I, I honestly, I don't know if they're just willing to, to interview anybody and everybody. And, um, I don't know. Some of these guys, they get guests on really easily. It seems easy. Maybe they're just grinding their ass off more than I am, which is probably true. Um, uh, you know, part of my problem is that I want to make sure that these guests, uh, have something decent to say, uh, that kind of, ruins a lot of my pool because I can't just look up and be like, oh, uh, this guy's married, let's have him on. Or, you know, if this was a fishing podcast, well, then I would look up and just be like, oh, well, this guy fishes, let's see what he has to say. I uh, can't really do that because I got to make sure that these guys are uh, worth worth talking to, um, that these guys have a platform and um, not really have a platform, but have the mindset that I'm looking to share with with you men that listen and even with you women that listen. Uh, I don't want to invite somebody on here and, uh, you know, I'm willing to disagree with somebody on the podcast. It's not like I, I'm not. 
Uh, but it's extremely awkward, especially when I'm doing it over Zoom and I can't build a rapport with them. Uh, it's extremely awkward to disagree with somebody on the podcast. So a lot of times I just have to let it go and let them say what they're going to say. Uh, and then, you know, everybody knows kind of my positions on things. But uh, I say all that to say that if you know somebody that you'd like to see on the podcast, uh, let me know. And typically it, it needs to be somebody that I can kind of vet. You know, I'm willing to talk to your dad or your grandpa uh, if I can if I can shake their hand or your brother or your friends. I've had my friends on the podcast. Uh, but, it, you know, if you've got some of these guys that you know that are grinding hard, uh, and you see them, you know, on Instagram or something like that. Maybe uh, I'm not even looking for high follower accounts. That's not what I'm saying. If they've got 200 followers or 2,000 followers or 200,000 followers, uh, if you think that it might be somebody cool to talk to that you want to that you want uh, me to have on, send me their info. Okay, send me their name. Say, hey, I'd really like you to talk to this guy. Uh, you know, it makes it a lot easier when they already have some sort of production uh, production value. So if you know a guy that's already got a podcast or uh, if he makes really cool YouTube videos or whatever the deal is, uh, it makes it a little bit easier if they play video games or whatever uh, because they've already got the mic set up. You know, if it's your brother Bob that doesn't really know how to run a laptop, it's it's not gonna not gonna be great. Uh, you know, some of these guys on Instagram where all they do is Instagram, I, we can get it figured out, and it's not. It's not a huge issue either way, uh, but just be thinking about guys that I can get on, get on quick, uh, and and talk to them, you know, pretty easy. If you've got some of these guys that you'd like to hear from, uh, let me know. Uh, I really think that it would be it would be cool to have some of them on. So and preferably with families too, you know, a good indicator. A good indicator of whether they're going to align with the values of the Purpose Podcast and whether they're going to be a benefit is if they have a family. Uh, that's something that I look for. You know, if I see a guy on Instagram that I'm like, yeah, he looks like he's grinding pretty hard. Um, but, you know, uh, it's always pictures of, of him. It, yeah, that's okay. He's still grinding, but uh, he doesn't really have a wife. His girlfriend looks about 10 years younger than him. Uh, doesn't look like he has kids. That's not to say he's a bad person. That's not what I'm saying. Uh, but I just have to be very careful with who I pick and choose uh, to have on the pod. And of course, a lot of times I'll reach out to those guys and just see what they're thinking. I'll be like, hey, man, you know, what do you think about this? And if, if it seems like they're going to add some value, then I'll bring them on the pod. But if you can think of any, any good guy that's got a strong purpose, uh, it's, you know, really successful or has something that they can pass on uh, to, the, to the men here that listen to the Purpose Podcast, then let me know. And that's what uh, I'll, I'll reach out to them. So if you want to reach out for me, that would be awesome too. So anyway, that's uh, that's the end of me begging for help because it's been a very dry last couple of weeks. <laughs> I, had a, I had a good good chunk of guests on and then it just went dark. Uh, and I've got some guests that are going to be planned, some really cool guests that are going to be planned. I think we'll have a, a Clint Walker, I think it's supposed to be on on Sunday. So um, he's always a good time instead of the one flesh podcast he's going to be on the regular podcast that's always great uh but yeah it, it gets dried and then uh i'm not a very good planner so then i have to come up with things to talk about by myself and then that's when nobody listens to the episodes so uh anyway what i did this time for the one flesh podcast because i didn't have a guest and i couldn't have anything planned uh, or I didn't have anything planned, I put up a Q&A and I said, hey, uh, ask me your marriage questions. What do you want to hear me talk about? And y'all came through. Y'all gave me uh, two. I've got three questions. One of them I'm going to address a little bit, but I've got a whole episode about it. Uh, and uh, it was it was kind of short timing for the q and I only gave everybody about three hours or so, uh, four hours or so. 
Um, so it was a little bit of a short time, but in, in the short amount of time, I had three different questions that came through. So thank you guys for giving me questions. When I put out a Q&A, it means that I need things to talk about. And so I got y'all to give me some questions uh, and they're going to be really good. That's what I'm going to discuss here today. So uh, first question, let's see. Yeah, this is from a, a guy that I don't, uh, yeah. How do you manage irrational conversations, either from one or both individuals? So what I think he's saying here is when you're having a conversation and uh, it, you're, you're irrationally upset or you're arguing about something that doesn't really matter, um, that's a that's a difficult one because you said from one or both individuals uh you know i think the typical guy response would be to say that uh women are always irrational women are always uh you know they're just they're they're the irrational the irrational sex and they just can't be rational and facts and logic and i'm always right uh type thing uh very often my woman is probably the more rational one in the argument uh I say very often, um, it, it may be like a 50, 50 split, which is interesting. Cause we're going to talk about that here in a little bit, but, um, you know, we're both irrational. So I'm glad you included from one or both parties. So, um, I'm going to try to address it like that from one party. Uh, if it's just me, uh, well, it's, it's kind of hard to answer from a, from a one or both parties, because if you're being irrational, that means that you can't think rationally about the situation. And so you're not really going to be able to identify whether the conversation is rational or not. Uh, so I can give a couple tips and tricks to make sure that you don't try to get into irrational conversations. But if you're the one presenting an irrational conversation, uh, I don't really know how to help you because you're not being rational. So I can't give you rational solutions to irrational problems. Um, and I know that's kind of a convoluted answer, but basically what I'm saying is like, I can't be like, oh, well, just step back and think about it uh, because you're already being irrational. So um, it, it's kind of hard to take ownership of that one is like, what am I doing when I'm being irrational in a conversation? Well, typically I don't catch the fact that I was irrational until way after the conversation. So I can't really, again, you can't just automatically stop and be rational. Um, but I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to give a few tips to not even enter into an irrational conversation. And then, uh, and he says, yeah, irrational conversations. He doesn't say fights. He doesn't really say arguments. Uh, he says conversations. Uh, I would, I would be willing to bet that, um, yeah, let's let's talk about it from the woman's perspective. What do I, what do I do when DLN brings something irrational to me? Uh, there are varying degrees, varying degrees of irrationality uh, to to what can be said. Sometimes it's just a question that has nothing to do with what we're talking about, or um, you know, sometimes it's a, a solution that doesn't really make any sense for the problem that we're in, or she'll come to you. Uh, that that's probably the biggest one is she'll come to you trying to propose a solution with that doesn't make any sense in the problem that we're in. Uh, the biggest thing is going to be consider it a rational opinion until proven otherwise. Uh, you know, and one sentence is not proof. So if she starts in on the line of questioning uh, of, of irrational questions, then say, okay, well, uh, maybe she actually has a point here and answer her questions. Uh, try to do it earnestly. Try to give it your best effort. Uh, try to treat her as if she's making a rational argument. If you treat her as if she's irrational, she's going to continue to be irrational. <laughs> um, it's just going to make her be even more irrational. So treat her as if she's being rational. Uh, and the, the word now means nothing because I've said it too much. Uh, but 
treat her as if she is making sense. Treat her as if her opinion uh, on the topic right now is valid. Uh, treat her as if she has a good point and try to try to get to the meat of that point and try to make that point work. Uh, do your best to do that. Uh, and then a lot of times she'll realize that she's being a silly goose. Um, that, that has kind of worked for me and I don't do this very well, by the way. Uh, typically, I'll, uh, DLN will get about two irrational questions in and I go, DLN, like just, I say her name and maybe I'm doing something or maybe it doesn't make any sense. And she's like, Oh, okay. Um, so I'm not very good at this just so you know, but I know how to handle it. Uh, I know that it, it works when I do try it. I'm just not very good at trying it, but, uh, treat her, treat it as if it is a rational opinion or a rational conversation. Uh, and typically by asking earnest questions, by really being invested in what she has to say and by giving her honest, uh, honest, rational explanations, uh, she'll, she'll realize that maybe what she's doing is, is, is not, doesn't make any sense. Uh, let me give you, you know, an example. Um, you know, DLN will start asking, let's say we're planning a trip. Her and I plan trips completely differently. Uh, and it doesn't like, I can't even give you very good examples of it. Uh, but we just plan trips completely differently. She'll start talking about, uh, DLN has a, a tendency to hyper fixate, uh, on something very small and insignificant, in my opinion. Uh, she'll be very, very concerned about the bag that we're going to bring our snacks in. And I'm like, we don't really even know where we're going yet. And she's like, yeah, but what bag are we going to take snacks in? And I'm like, DL, and I'm, I'm trying to, to find the destination first. <laughs> you know, like I'm, I'm trying to, I'm, there, are, there are so many, so much bigger things uh, that we need to talk about here. And she'll hyper fixate on something that is relatively small, uh, in my opinion. And what I've found is it's just easier to deal with it first and then get to the big picture item. Uh, okay. I'm trying to talk to you about, uh, what time we're going to leave and how I need you to pack early and not wait until the very last minute to put all your shit in a suitcase. Uh, as you can tell, that's never happened to me before. Um, grr, I, I can't, uh, yeah, frustrating, but, uh, I need you to pack, you know, a little bit before we're supposed to be leaving. Uh, that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about the time frame of when we're going to leave. Uh, I don't really have time to deal with the fucking snack bag. Okay. <laughs> like that's, that's irrational. All right. I don't have time to deal with it. Well, it's a whole lot easier instead of getting upset. Uh, instead of saying that what she's talking about is silly and it doesn't matter at all that we'll use a Walmart bag if we need to, uh, you say, Oh, I don't know. Let's use that Texas one that we bought at United the other day. And she goes, Oh, okay. And then she walks off. Um, or we get to talk about when we're actually going to be leaving, uh, address it as if it is, you know, as important as what she thinks it is. Uh, and you might be wrong. It might be incredibly important. Uh, it might be something like, Hey, uh, what kind of snacks are we going to take? And you're like, I don't really have time to deal with this. I need to talk about when we're going to leave. I need to talk about, um, what you're going to do after work. I need to make sure that you know that you don't need to sit around and talk with your, you know, with your coworkers for 20 minutes after work that I need you here immediately so that we can leave. Uh, well, you know, maybe she wanted to talk about what kind of snacks that you were going to take because you completely forgot to get any sort of protein snacks for, uh, for this trip. And if you get out on the road and you have no beef jerky, uh, you're going to have to pay a really high price for beef jerky and it's going to blow out your budget and you're not going to hit your protein goal and everything's just going to suck. Okay. So maybe you do need to talk about the snacks. Maybe it is of equal importance, uh, as what time you get on the road as what you're taking with you. I know this is kind of a really silly example. Uh, it's hard to just pull examples out of my ass for something like this, but, 
that that's kind of one is when she's bringing bringing up something that seems irrational to you. Now that is a little bit different than when she's irrationally angry. Um, you know when it's when it's a constantly a fight and it doesn't need to be, you know, you said conversations in your question and I don't mean to take you too literally. Uh, and I kind of know you and I know that you know that words matter. And I know that, uh, you don't really, you and I both do this where we don't have fights. We have conversations. Okay. Uh, we have discussions and sometimes those are, uh, in a negative light. Sometimes those are in a positive light. Well, I do think that it matters. There's a distinction here between a conversation and an argument when you're talking about rationality of, of, of the matter, because, uh, you handle those in a different way. If it's a conversation, well, then you're going to indulge it. Uh, you're going to deal with it. You're going to get it out of the way and then you're going to move on to more what you feel are rational things. Uh, and you're going to treat her as if it's completely rational. If it's an irrational argument, okay, if this is, let's say uh, you went out and you played some pool with the boys, okay, uh, let's say you've got a, a kid at home and you played some pool with the boys and you've been home for the rest of the week, this is the first time you've gone out in a month, uh, you've, you've let her go on three girls' nights, uh, well, she's just feeling a little run down and you decided to go play pool with the boys for the first time in three months, and uh, and she gets upset about it. Pretty irrational. I think everybody everybody around would uh, would think that you know, hey man, you got to spend some time with the guys. It can't just be all wife and kid uh, all the time. You know, you got to go spend some time with the dudes, uh, bro it down a little bit. I mean, you were home by ten. What is really the problem? It's not like you were out drinking till two. Uh, and she's upset about it, and it seems very irrational. Uh, well, number one. I would say I would say this. Uh, you need to immediately start doing checks of what you said, what you didn't say, uh, and start trying to find fault in what caused this irrational argument. This is no longer an irrational conversation. This is an irrational argument. Okay, this is an irrational reaction from her. Um, you need to start trying to find fault uh, in what you did. Did you tell her that you were going to be home by nine, uh, but you were actually uh, home by 1030. Okay. Well then, yeah, you deserve maybe not the reaction that you're getting, uh, but you're kind of a piece of shit for that. You should have, you know, held to the time, uh, that you were, that you told her, uh, maybe you didn't tell her, uh, that you were going out with this certain guy and this certain guy always pushes you to drink all the time. And she was really worried about it. Uh, you knew that and you didn't tell her. And then you sent her a Snapchat, uh, with this dude in the background. Maybe you should have been a little bit more forthright with what you were doing. Maybe you told her you were going to hoots and you ended up at fast Eddie's. Uh, and she doesn't like that because she didn't know where you were at. That's valid. You would be extremely upset if it were her. Um, so start trying to find rationality within her argument. Um, when, when, when you're presented with an irrational argument, uh, you're going to do your due diligence to make sure that you find every single rational point inside the argument so that you can find common ground. Uh, because if you're going to say, well, this is irrational. Okay. Well, then you better damn well do your best to find some common ground of rationality. Okay. Cause that's where, that's where the real conversations are had is in, you know, this, this realm of sense in this realm of level headedness, uh, then you need to find everything in her argument that you can, that you can take the blame for. And that will be common ground when you go to actually have the discussion. Uh, so do that. So first, when, when she hits you with this, something that you feel is irrational, find every single bit of rationality in her argument, uh, and own up to it. That's step one. And I will say that I, this is, I don't have this often. 
I will say that uh, some of you out there that are that are married to some spicy little Latinas uh, that they they like to get very angry and upset, uh, and it's it's cute for a little bit. Uh, which it, I know one spicy little Latina that's gonna laugh when she listens to that. Uh, that's dating one of my buddies. But uh, if you're dating an emotional woman that that does get upset and 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 um, kind of not really flies off the handle, but can maybe present some more irrational arguments and then cools down a little bit later. Uh, I don't have that. I really don't. Uh, Dylan, when she's on the irrational side, it's more irrationally not saying anything. And so I will just put that caveat out there of that I don't have to deal with this all the time. Really, I don't. Uh, it's a struggle for me to get her to say anything. And typically, um, again, when she's being irrational, she's irrationally not talking to me. Like it's, it's, she's, she was upset that, uh, she thought I was going to be super angry about her doing this. Uh, and so she didn't say anything about it until it became a much bigger issue than what it was. Uh, let's say, um, this didn't happen, but let's say that she got into a minor fender bender three weeks ago. Uh, but she thought I was going to be super, super angry about it. And so she didn't tell me, so we weren't able to file an insurance claim. Uh, and you know, it was three weeks later and now she's super sorry, but she never said anything. That's the kind of irrationality I get. I don't get the, I came home, uh, and she blows up on me with a point that, um, that, that she really has not very much ground in. Uh, I don't really get that. So again, let me preface this with, um, I don't have that experience. And if that's what you're looking for, uh, maybe take this all with, take this all with a grain of salt anyway. I mean, I'm, I'm 23 years old, so, um, I've only been married for two and a half years. Uh, I'm 23 years old, but I have had to deal with irrational arguments from coworkers, from friends, and even from my wife occasionally, not very often at all. Uh, but occasionally, and let me get back to what I was saying. Uh, find find the common point of r rationality wherever it exists in her argument. Find anywhere that you can take fault in the argument and own up to it. Yeah, babe, I'm sorry. No, you're you're right. You're right. No, that's that's completely right. I uh, I definitely told you that I would be home by 9:30. Uh, things got a little wild. Things got a little crazy. Um, and you know we were just yucking it up. It was like high school again. I ended up staying an extra hour and a half. I should have absolutely told you. Uh, that's, that's my bad. Okay. Well, she may be upset about you even going in the first place, uh, but own up to what, what is rational and make sure that you find that common ground. And then she may go back. She's like, yeah, I'm sorry. I just really was worried about you. And, and then she's going to cry and all that stuff. Um, and it, you know, it'll be over and then you can make up and, and, you know, do all that stuff. Um, that's going to be step one. Uh, step two is just to kind of do your best to diffuse, to diffuse the situation. Um, and that doesn't mean, okay, Hey, calm down. Don't do that. Uh, don't say, okay, well let's talk about this later. Cause she's going to want to talk about it now. Um, again, I'm not very well versed in this, but my thought and my, my next immediate action, typically, just so you know, typically the first part works for me very, very well. Uh, the moment that I own up to anything that was rational in her argument, uh, she softens up on it a little bit, uh, and we go back to being friends. So I've never had to work out step two. I'll just tell you that right now. I've uh, never really had to work out step two. Uh, but the next step is going to be um, just to just to kind of diffuse the situation for later. Um, don't don't try to justify yourself, especially if she's presenting a rational argument. You will not. You will not facts and logic your way uh, into a good argument. And this goes with, and I'm not even, 
let's take this back from a marriage perspective with anybody. Okay, I just had this conversation with a buddy from work, uh, not a buddy from work, but a buddy about his work. You're not going to fax and logic your way uh, into changing their mind, especially if they're being irrational. Um, if they, and this is this is the the classic blunder. Okay, um, you all know the meme. Oh, the classic blunder. I don't know what it says. Uh, you fool! You committed the classic blunder. Well, the classic blunder is thinking that an irrational person can become rational through you presenting facts and logic to them. No, idiot! They can't. Okay, so until they are in a better headspace, you need to diffuse the situation. That's taking whatever blame that you do need to that you do need to take. Okay, uh, don't let her just walk all over you. And you know, if your wife is beating you, give me a call. You can come stay at my house. But um, don't let her just walk all over you. Don't do this every time. But say, you know what? You're right. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have gone to boys' night. Uh, you're completely correct. Let's let's ha- can I give you a back massage and let's go to bed. Um, you know, give her a, a lower back massage that ends up on her tits. I don't know. Um, that was a joke from a long episode ago. If you're horrified by that, there's, there's inside, uh, inside, inside baseball on that one. But, um, <laughs> uh, sorry, that was a little rough. Anyway, give her, give her a low back massage and then, and then do the thing that married couples do. Okay. Uh, that's, that's what we're going to do. We're going to take all the blame. If she doesn't want to talk to you anymore, that's fine. Uh, if she's just angry in bed and not talking to you at all, we're going to diffuse it and we're going to talk about it later. You know, you might bring it up later. Don't drag up the past two weeks later, but the next day be like, Hey, you know, I'm really sorry about that, but I thought we were all good, you know, on the boys night. I thought that, you told me I could go with the boys and I went with the boys and I played pool. Uh, and then you were like super upset about it last night. Is there any way that, you know, can you just clarify how that I can, what could I have done better? Was I not, you know, open with what I was going to do? What could I do better? And sometimes she'll be like, Oh, don't worry about it. Um, or, Oh, I'm so sorry. You know, I, I shouldn't have been like that. Of course you can go hang out with the boys. Um, you know, so diffusing it may have worked. She may bring it back up again and be like, well, you didn't do this, 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 and this. And, and, you're going to have to go through the same tactics. Try to find rationality in her argument. Uh, present the ways that she is being rational, and then present you know present your side of things. Be like, hey, I'm sorry. I just really think that uh, you know I, I want to go spend time with my friends. Um, yeah, I, that, that's kind of that's kind of all I've got. That's that's kind of where my experience peters out. Uh, I hope I hope it answers your question. Uh, again, that's that's kind of how I deal with it at home. Is is uh, treat her as if she's rational. Uh, well, so let me put it this way. I, I treated it if, as if the argument is rational and try to find all the points of rationality. I don't try to fax and logic to her uh, as if she's being a rational person. It's not like you and I sitting across the table from one another uh, discussing which engineering design we should go with. Uh, you know, And it's never like that. It's never all facts and logic. There's always some sort of irration- irrationality in conversations because we're all emotionally tied to the things that we believe believe. Uh, so in every conversation, there is a hint of irrationality. Don't, don't, don't believe otherwise. Uh, you should always be expecting, expecting a hint of irrationality. This is, this is exactly, this is exactly why it's so important to have a close relationship with somebody that you want to change their mind. So your wife, for example, uh, let's say that you and your wife have been kind of at each other's throats. You haven't been very intimate lately. Uh, she's been kind of mad at you. Uh, this is not the time to convince her that you need a new fucking vehicle. Okay. Um, that's also how you avoid irrational conversations is reading the room and making sure that you have uh, that you have a good relationship 
with the person that you're that you're about to try to influence. Uh, it's it's very very leadership esque. Again, I could I could completely uh, answer this question without a marriage tilt at all uh, in 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 the regular world and the 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 things would be the same. Uh, this is, this is kind of relationship building 101, uh, especially if you, if you like and read Jocko, uh, this is, we're going to make sure that we have uh, a close relationship with them because it's not going to be a ra- It's not going to be a rational conversation with anybody because there, there will always be emotions attached. Uh, again, and if you think I'm wrong, well then try to go up to your enemy and try to convince them to do what you think is right rationally. Uh, it's, it's not going to work. Try to go up to somebody that you're not really friends with. Uh, and even though you think that it's, it's the right way, it's the rational way to do something. Uh, let's, let's take abortion. For example, everybody knows how I feel about abortion. Okay. I can, I can have a logical conversation with just about anybody on abortion. Okay. Just about anybody. Okay. I can present them with facts and logic. Uh, I, I can back up literally every argument that I have about abortion. Uh, very, very few people, will actually, and win is a bad word, but very, very few people, uh, alternate opinions on abortion will stand up when we're having an actual conversation. Okay. I can't go do that with somebody that I don't have a good relationship because they are emotionally tied to their opinion. Okay. Same way with guns. And it's going to be the same way when you're having a fight with your wife about what the kid does, what time the kid's bedtime is. She's emotionally attached Okay, to that situation, no matter how many facts and logic uh, that you present to her as to why the kids should go to bed at 830, she is emotionally tied to nine o'clock or eight o'clock or seven o'clock. She is emotionally tied to seven o'clock. Okay, so it's going to be irrational. Um, Now, again, there are varying degrees of this. Don't get me wrong. There there are varying degrees degrees of this. I'm not saying women are irrational all the time. I'm not saying that nobody can approach anything rationally. What I'm saying is that you should expect a degree of irrationality in every conversation. Uh, And I think that's, I'll be done with that question. Uh, I've already talked for about 30 minutes. Uh, That is is a very good question though. Um, And I appreciate that. How do you manage irrational conversations either from one or both individuals? Okay. Let me, uh, let me make sure to answer from both individuals. So, uh, I'm going to get a drink. I covered pretty thoroughly, uh, how to handle it. If your wife is the one being irrational and I gave you a kind of a a cop out as to why you can't really do anything. If you're the one that's irrational until after the fact, because again, you're not being rational. Um, one way to make sure that both parties aren't being irrational is to always take a step back and detach before you enter conversations. Uh, you know, you said, how do you handle irrational conversations from one or both parties? Uh, that makes it sound like the, uh, how do you manage irrational conversations either from one or both individuals? That makes it sound like they're in progress. Okay. Uh, as far as how do you stop an irrational conversation coming out of your mouth? Again, very difficult because you're not being rational. Uh, but how do you stop it before it even happens? That's going to be detaching uh, you know, like Jocko teaches us and looking at this, this issue from a 20,000 foot view and trying to find ownership. Uh, it's a lot harder to be irrational when you're taking ownership of things. Uh, that that's kind of a, a good little, um, a good little note is that if you don't want to be the irrational one in the conversation, make sure you're taking ownership of whatever that you can. Typically irrational opinions come from somebody that's not taking ownership of their own actions. Uh, and that's not thinking it through. They're too emotionally detached to their opinion. And you can, uh, you can, 
you can weed a lot of that out in yourself by making sure that you're detached from the situation. You're looking at it from all angles and uh, making sure... Oh, making sure that you, um, sorry, I'm getting text messages. Um, making sure that you, uh, take ownership of the situation. That's how you avoid an irrational conversation from yourself. Take a step back before you enter into it. Let's say she assaults you, not really assaults you, but as you open the door, uh, coming home from 1030 from the boys and she goes, what in the hell did you think you were doing? And you go, oh boy, oops. Um, and you know, maybe you turn around and close the door a little bit and don't do that. That'll probably piss her off. Uh, but you need to immediately stop right there and think, okay, uh, I'm getting the hint that this may not be the most rational conversation that I've ever had. Uh, let me take a step back again. I know what her argument's going to be. Uh, let me hear her argument. Let me try to take ownership where I can and look at this from a 20,000 foot view and think of if I was Jocko Willink and uh, we were in an RPG, I think that's what the type of game is that I'm thinking about. I don't know much about games, but it's the one where you can pick what is said and you can pick what is done. Uh, if I'm Jocko Willink and I'm sitting there on the little, you know, the Xbox controller that, that controlled the Titanic submarine thing, uh, Jocko Willink is, is sitting up there and he's controlling you with this controller. Uh, what would he do? Detach from that situation uh, and try to think about this in the most rational way possible before the conversation even gets started. And and the last thing that I can say is maybe you won't be able to pick up on whether you're being irrational or not, uh, but you will be able to pick up if the conversation is getting heated. You will be able to pick up how much emotion you're putting into what you're saying. You know, that lump that gets down in your chest or in your throat uh, when you start to get really emotional or angry about a conversation, about how you feel like she's just not getting what you're saying. Uh, you feel like she's she just doesn't understand and, and she uh, she's not giving you enough credit for this or she's not giving you enough freedom on, on this aspect and uh, she did this thing last week why won't she understand uh, that those are irrational thoughts uh, and it's hard to instantly make that click and be rational but what you can do is you can understand that feeling understand that you're put, putting more emotion behind your argument and then you can say hey look I, I feel like I'm being irrational about a few things. Uh, I'm not just going to give up the point completely yet. Uh, I don't, you know, I'm going to step back from the argument. Can we talk here in about 10 to 15 minutes? And I've heard a lot of people that, that do that. Uh, for me, I don't really, that, that's not really a thing. What I, I, I'm, and this isn't to toot my own horn, but I'm fairly good at, at taking the step back uh, pretty immediately and starting to ask questions. And I know that's kind of a bold statement. Uh, but I can, I can kind of catch myself when I'm getting to that emotional point and then I take a step back and I just start asking DLN questions uh, to, to make sure that I'm not wrong, to, 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 to really see what she's trying to think. But if you get to that heated point, that's where you say, okay, uh, break, time, intermission, let's get back to this in like 15 minutes uh, and let everybody cool down. So uh, I know it's kind of a sticky, slimy answer to your question, uh, but I hope that I answered it to your satisfaction at the very least. Um, next question. Holy shit. I talked for like 30 minutes on that. Oh, let's see. Next question. Uh, biggest challenge you expected right after getting married was the expectation true. So I was going to, okay. You said biggest challenge. I was going to, I thought you said, what did you expect, uh, after getting married, but you said biggest challenge. Um, I had a whole line of thinking that I was going to give you, but uh, if you're asking about challenges specifically, 
Um, this one is kind of a hard one to answer uh, because you know me. The, the person that asked this uh, knows me very well, uh, and I'll explain it to the people that don't. But um, as you as you know, um, I kind of, I'm kind of the guy that has expectations. Uh, I have expectations of people. I have expectations of things. I have expectations of situations. I have expectations of relationships, uh, expectations of myself, and oftentimes. Uh, they're pretty high expectations. Uh, I will say that I didn't have just a whole lot of expectations when I got married. Uh, I really didn't. And the reason that I didn't is because I think I did. Um, it was such a, a gradual escalation to the point of marriage that by the time we were actually married, it, it did mean something. Don't let me tell you that it didn't mean anything. But by the time we were actually married, it was, it was like, yeah, we checked the box. Uh, and again, I don't think this is the right way to do that. I think being married should be something big. I think it should mean a lot. Uh, I don't think you should live together before you get married. I did. Uh, I did live with DLM before I got married. It doesn't mean that I'm headed for a divorce. Uh, what it means is that I think that it's better done a different way. Uh, and for this exact reason is that it wasn't just like this huge milestone. It was a slow, um, it was a slow, gradual buildup to where we looked around and it was like, why are we not, why don't you have a ring? You know, we do everything that married couples do. Why don't you have a ring? So um, that being said, I didn't have just a huge amount of expectations before I got married. Uh, and again, I was with DLN from the time that I was 16. Uh, it wasn't like I went and dated around and then, you know, this girl I met and two years later we were married. Uh, I grew up with this girl. So um, uh, this now woman, I, I matured with this woman. I grew up with this woman. So again, the expectations, uh, they were, they were, they were lesser than what you would probably think, especially knowing me. Um, now I will say that what did I get told that was going to happen? And what was I a little bit worried about? Um, you know, the sex was a big one. Uh, this is kind of an iffy topic because I think my mother listens to the, the, the podcast. I think my grandmother even listens to the podcast. So uh, just tune out or you're going to have to listen. I don't care. Um, it's it's a valid topic. Uh, I got told a lot, a lot that the sex would disappear after marriage. Uh, that, you know, once you get married and especially once you have a kid, uh, the sex is gone. You don't ever want to do it anymore. She doesn't ever want to do it anymore. Uh, you're going to have to beg, borrow, and steal just to have sex uh, maybe once a month if you're lucky, uh, that type of thing. I got told that a lot. Uh, and you said, was the expectation true? No, not, not at all. Um, you know, it really didn't slow down any after marriage. Uh, and I mean, we're two years, we're two years out. So, uh, this is not to, uh, this is not to talk myself up, but we're doing pretty well. Um, honestly, uh, we, we do pretty well, uh, you know, especially even some couples that are only dating that even live together. Uh, you know, they talk about, <laughs> um, their frequency and, and we're like, yeah, we're putting y'all to shame, you know, fist bump. Um, no, we, we do we do pretty well, and it, it wasn't true. The expectation wasn't true, um, and I think that's because you know honestly, DL and I both expected it and talked about it, uh, and we we because we were expecting it and because we talked about it, we made sure very very sure that it wasn't going to happen to us. Um, and we're going to try to do that even with having a kid. Uh, having a kid is, is probably even more the true killer of sex than marriage is. Uh, is, is having a kid is what I hear. Uh, now I hear that eventually it comes back after, if you're being a good husband and a good wife, eventually, you know, uh, the, the saying is that married people have more sex. And, and uh, I, I, would, I would tend to believe that. 
that married people have more sex, uh, you know, I don't know. Um, sure. Okay. I guess. Um, but anyway, uh, you know, we're expecting that having a kid and we're trying to be very, very diligent about not, uh, not letting that go away uh, about, you know, literally doing it when, when we know, when we know that it's going to get tough and we know that, uh, we're not really liking each other right now. We don't want to fall out of that habit. Um, so we do it anyway, literally. Uh, and I know that sounds kind of boring and sounds kind of awful, but it's, it's really not, uh, you know, sometimes sex is something that needs to be worked at. Uh, sex is something that you need to put effort into this whole idea that, uh, and I didn't think I was going to get too deep into this, but I guess we're here pun intended. Um, the, this whole idea that it's just going to be natural and random and, uh, what is it? Uh, spontaneous, this whole idea that it's going to be like that is very, very false. Um, if you want a, a good sex life, you're going to have to work at it. Uh, and I think that's what a lot of married couples, uh, don't really want to do or don't think that they'll ever have to do. And instead of actually talking about it and working at it, uh, they just get upset. They just don't want to deal with it. Uh, he doesn't think I'm pretty enough, so I don't wear what, what he bought me. And, uh, oh, well, she's not being spontaneous enough, so I'm just not even going to try. Uh, she's had a headache for the past three days, so I'm not even going to try. Oh, well, I've had a headache for the past three days. I can't believe he's even asking me. Uh, and they just they get all fed up about it, and uh, they end up going two months later, uh, you know, and they still haven't. Uh, oh, I just got another question. Uh, what is the hardest thing to communicate about to each other? Uh, <laughs> maybe sex. Um, actually, now that we're here. Uh, so I just got another question come in on Instagram. That's cool. Thank you, uh, Jake Knight from Gridbase. Um, anyway, uh, it is something that has to be worked at. And I feel like a lot of married couples don't realize that. Uh, it is something that has to be worked at. Now, I will tell you, um, and this is especially funny, the person that asked this question, because uh, I've been on your ass for probably like six months or something like that. Uh, it got exponentially better when I started working out uh, and not even just losing weight. I mean, obviously, sex when you're not as fat is a lot more fun and you're a lot more capable to do things. Uh, but just like, I don't know if it was the hormones or the testosterone or um, what happened, but once I started lifting weights and working out regularly, uh, I mean, both of us were way more excited to be doing the thing. Uh, and I mean, and I mean that very seriously, uh, as if, if you're, ex if your expected challenge for marriage is to, uh, that you're not going to have sex quite as often, well then make sure you're hitting the gym. Uh, and I, and I mean that again, very seriously, uh, make sure that you're working at it, make sure that you've talked about it with her, uh, make sure that you understand, um, the downfalls of not doing it regularly, not being intimate. And this isn't just sex. I mean, it's, it's intimacy in general. It's the cuddling on the couch. It's the giving hugs and, and kisses on the forehead and, uh, you know, all of this stuff, all of even the non-sexual intimacy that, that a lot of times couples say tends to go away after marriage. Uh, make sure that you've talked about the negative side effects of not doing that. And this, this is something that, um, because it is kind of an uncomfortable topic. I mean, I'm glad there's nobody in the room with me, uh, because it, it's a rather uncomfortable topic and I'm going to have to deal with the fact that it's on the internet forever, but I think it's an important one, uh, that I hope that my grandma tuned off earlier, but, um, cause you know, she's at the end of her marriage. It's not like she's, <laughs> she needs to hear all this, but, um, anyway, uh, it's a rather uncomfortable topic. Um, 
So I feel like especially, you know, even at some churches and stuff like that, it doesn't get discussed a lot. Uh, the importance of actually doing it and doing it often, uh, being intimate and being intimate often. It doesn't get talked about a lot. Uh, and so a lot of couples miss it and they don't understand the, the downfalls of that. Uh, I recommend Jordan Peterson's got some some good things on what happens when you're not as intimate with that person. Uh, and I mean, just look at the miserable couples that don't do it very often. Um, and, you know, the capable couples that don't do it very often. Uh, you know, we can talk about illnesses or chronic illness or, or whatever the case is. Uh, you know, maybe traveling or whatnot, but look at the couples that are willing, uh, or not willing, but look at the couples that are, that are capable to do it often. Maybe they don't have kids or, uh, what, whatever the case is, but they still don't. Those are typically the most miserable people and talk about that with your wife and say, Hey, look, I don't want that to be us. Okay. I don't want that to be us. The other thing is absolutely stay in shape. Uh, stay in shape, push your wife to stay in shape. Uh, make sure you're eating clean, eating healthy. Uh, make sure that you don't get fat, fat, because, uh, again, coming from a former fat guy, uh, it is very sad and pathetic. The kind of sex that you get to have when you're fat. Uh, that's all I'll say about, you know, my, my private life, but, um, it's not great. So make sure that you're staying in shape. Uh, make sure that you're getting your cardio in. I promise you will be rewarded for that. Uh, yes, there is a reason to do cardio. Don't just lift legs or don't just lift, uh, don't just lift, do cardio. Um, anyway, let's see. Biggest challenge you expected after getting married, uh, was the expectation true? Um, you know, I honestly, I think the solutions that I gave to the intimacy can be used for almost anything. The other thing that I was worried about was my time with the boys, you know, uh, especially like living together or something like that. Uh, I, I wasn't ever too worried about it. And again, y'all know, you especially listening to, to the, that asked the question, uh, you know, DL, and you know that I've never really had these issues too much, but um, one of the challenges that I expected was uh, hanging out with the boys. Um, that was something that, uh, you know, I had been told over and over again that I wouldn't get any time with my friends and that it was uh, she was going to take up all my time. Uh, that I wasn't going to be able to live and, and go uh, and do what I wanted to, that was false, okay? Uh, I discussed it with her. I talked about it with her. Luckily, she's an introvert, so she doesn't want to you know do all the things that I want to do all the time. Sometimes she wants time at home to watch movies and paint her nails. Uh, so I get to go hang out with the boys. It was not nearly as big of an issue as what I thought it was going to be. Um, let's see. Uh, what else? Um challenges that I expected after getting married was the expectation true and I'm, I'm having kind of a hard time I really like I was very you know eyes wide open uh eyes wide open I, I don't know I don't know man you know me you know me I don't really expect challenges I expect success uh and deal with challenges when they come um then that may be an arrogant statement, but that's, I mean, that's how I felt. And that's kind of how I always feel is when a new opportunity opens up, I expect success. And if challenges come, I deal with them. Um, so I'm having a kind of a hard time expanding on your question, uh, very hard. And I apologize. Uh, maybe that's a, maybe that's a good little line is, uh, expect success and deal with challenges when they come. 
you know, going into your marriage, expect that you're going to be successful. Uh, expect that you're going to get it figured out. Don't worry yourself with all the challenges that you're going to face after marriage. Know that they will come. Know that they will happen. Uh, <laughs> that's funny. Uh, know that it'll happen. Know that uh, you will face challenges, but expect success from yourself. Uh, because what I could see from from young men, uh, and what I do see a lot is. Uh, what I do see a lot is young men being so worried about the con- the negative consequences of a bad marriage uh, that they end up creating one. Uh, I see that quite a, quite often, or that they never get married. They they're so worried about the negative effects from marriage that they either never get married, or they create one by getting married too late, or getting married to the wrong woman. Uh, they get married to a woman that's all independent and makes her own money, uh, and is you know has the job and wants to be a working wife because they don't want to lose half their money. I mean they're gonna lose have their money anyway, but, uh, they don't want a big income disparity because of the way that they hear that women's, you know, that women spend money. Uh, well, (laughs) the problem there, uh, the problem there is that maybe you actually want a wife that stays at home and that is really invested in the way that you make money. Uh, and so what you did is you just got a person that's independent on her own and that doesn't want to be one flesh with you. Uh, y'all are now in a contractual agreement where you make money, she makes money. Uh, and we go over the cash flow statements occasionally, uh, and we decide to raise kids while we're at it. Um, so don't be too wor- worried about the challenges of marriage. Uh, expect success. Deal with the challenges as they come. Um, let's see. What else? I had a thought in there. Uh, thoughts. Uh, yeah. Um, that's that's basically it. Or, you know, they'll... Yeah. I, I don't think I'm going to dive back into the sex topic. But, yeah. Uh, expect success and deal with challenges as they come. That's, that's how I'm going to answer that question. Um, let's see. Go back up to the latest question that I got. Uh, he says, what is the hardest thing to communicate about to each other? Who? Um, that's a good question. And obviously, I didn't have much time to answer it because it came in while I was talking. Uh, what is the hardest thing to communicate about to each other? Uh, probably finances um, would probably be a big thing. You know, I don't have kids, but I would think that some of the kids stuff is probably hard to communicate about to each other. Uh, I would say finances um, quite a bit. Uh, any I would say especially any situation where you haven't always been um, the best to your wife. So let's say that you spent a little bit too much money and now you have to tell her no that she can't buy this one thing. Well, she doesn't know that she can't buy this one thing because you overspent on this thing. Uh, When you're at fault, that's probably the hardest to communicate uh, to anybody really, but especially your wife, especially, you know... um, when your wife looks up to you to such a high degree, uh, which I think, I mean, I think it should happen. I think it gives a lot of men confidence when their wife looks up to them, uh, when their wife depends on them, it can make it even more hard to, to break her heart in certain ways, uh, because you failed. So anytime that you're talking about failure, uh, could be pretty hard to communicate about with your wife. Uh, the other thing is sex, anything that's, you know, uncomfortable sexual in nature. Uh, if you have any like sexual issues, like, uh, porn addiction or anything like that. Uh, if you want her to do something that you've never really talked about before, uh, maybe you saw it or heard about it in a place that she wasn't at, uh, but you still want to try it in the bedroom or something like that. It can be hard to communicate about. Uh, but I would say anything that's, that's truly uncomfortable and, uh, and that, that puts you at fault. But as far as just in general, what's the hardest thing to talk about, uh, I think is probably finances. 
Um, honestly, I think it's probably finances, uh, just because couples have such different opinions on it so much of the time that they just kind of ignore it. Um, let's see, what is the hardest thing to communicate about to each other? Uh, I may bring that question back for a different Q and A so that I can sit there and think about it a little bit more, a little bit more. Um, cause I think there's a, a better answer that you're looking for that, uh, I don't have, let's see. Oh, what are our five topics? We have religion, uh, religion, money, family, health and fitness, substance abuse. Um, those are the criteria that we're going to evaluate. So, uh, religion, I don't think that's very hard money. And we just talked about that one family. Okay. Health and fitness, uh, health and fitness is really difficult to communicate about with each other. Um, it really, really is, uh, at least, you know, especially if, if she's the one that's not exactly being healthy and fit, uh, you know, nobody wants to tell their partner that they're a little fat. Uh, nobody wants to tell their partner that they could eat better and, and exercise better because, uh, you're supposed to be the one person in the world that always finds them attractive. Uh, you're supposed to be the one person that sees past their physical inadequacies. Uh, so it can be really hard to communicate when you think that they're doing something unhealthy, uh, that's affecting the way that their body physically appears. Um, you know, I, I don't want to, yeah, um, it, it, can, it can be difficult to, to tell your wife, hey, uh, I think you're gaining some weight right now. Uh, maybe you need to slow down. It can be difficult to tell your husband, hey, you're looking kind of fat and chubby. Uh, maybe you need to slow down a little bit. And obviously, you don't say it as blunt as what I'm putting it. Uh, try to have some social IQ. Uh, you say, hey, I really want you to be healthy. Hey, do you think you're healthy? Or you wait for them to bring it up. You wait for them to say, yeah, my pants aren't really fitting right. And you, oh, that really sucks. Let's, let's go get you some new pants. But, um, you know, what, what do you, what do you think about maybe trying to change our diet up a little bit or, uh, just inviting her on walks, take more walks. Um, those kind of things can be really hard to communicate about. Uh, yeah, any, anything, especially from a man to a woman, uh, woman's point of view, uh, anything that has to do with physical appearance, uh, women are much harder on themselves for their physical appearance than what guys are. Uh, they, they, they really are. And in a lot of ways that I never realized in a lot of ways that you never realized, let's talk about, um, wearing the sexy underwear or wearing the sexy clothes that you find sexy that, um, that you want her to wear. Uh, you know, I didn't realize how big of a, of a deal it was that she feels pretty when she wears it. I didn't know. Um, and yeah, I, I've talked about it before and, and this, this realization, you know, came a couple months back, but, uh, I didn't know. And so it was incredibly hard, uh, to even talk to her about it at all. Cause I didn't know, um, how it affected her and anything that was said about it was, was typically in a negative connotation because of the way she was thinking about her own physical appearance. Uh, to me, it was obvious. It was like, well, if I want, if I want you, if I want you to wear this thing that doesn't cover hardly anything at all, that means that I want to look at what it's not covering. Okay. <laughs> like it's, it's an affirmation that I do think that you look good. They don't see it like that. They see how it doesn't fit. Uh, they see, you know, that, um, that you may not, that, that you're asking them to wear something. So you don't want to see them in their bare form. Uh, that, you know, I've heard that one before of like, well, you know, what if I just don't wear anything? And it's like, well, no, I want you to wear this. And she's like to her, that's saying, well, no, I want you to wear at least something, dear God, you know, at least put something on, um, anything that has to do with the physical, uh, appearance is fairly hard to communicate about, uh, at least in my experience. And I know with an experience with other guys, uh, the other thing is going to be her family. 
anything that you know she's kind of personally attached to in her family it can be difficult to communicate about but uh, I think the real takeaway is that everything can be difficult to communicate about if you don't have a good relationship uh, and again I don't mean that in in a macro factor I mean that in a micro factor of if you know the past couple of weeks or let's say on this topic specifically you've been kind of an asshole uh, for the past two months or something uh, let's say that you've always been kind of an asshole uh, about finances and then you want to try now you've decided that you want to try to communicate about them uh, but you're doing it all wrong and you don't have a good relationship with her in this area Uh, anything can be hard to communicate about if you don't have a good relationship um, in that area so try to strengthen your relationship and you'll find that I think uh, a lot of the communication problems tend to fall away take ownership of issues uh, make sure that you lay out plans make sure that you're doing the legwork uh, for, for the communication, make sure that you've always, you've already thought solutions out, uh, make sure that you're willing to support her solutions. Uh, and I think that the communication will come easily. I hope that that answered your question. Uh, if not, uh, shoot me a little note. We're getting up on 55 minutes. Uh, I've got a bit of a headache. Uh, I'm glad that I was able to make it an hour. I really, really appreciate your questions, guys. Uh, it is probably one of my favorite activities is to answer questions. And I hope that you kind of realize the difference, uh, in an episode like this versus an episode where I just sit down and talk into a mic. Uh, there is a difference and I think you're getting better content this way. And I'm going to start putting out more requests for questions and I want you to ask them. Uh, I really, really, really think that it's, it's good. I think it's going to be good. Uh, I think that, um, this kind of content, uh, I'm much, much better with another person. Uh, it's, it's, it, you know, yes, I've had some good solo episodes. Uh, I think that I can have good solo episodes. I think that I can bring value solo, uh, but I'm much better with another person that I can talk to. And at the very least with other questions that I can answer, uh, because you're, you're framing things in certain ways, uh, that I can, I'm much better, uh, you know, talking about these sort of things and sort of a reactionary, uh, in a reactionary set. So when you've prompted me, uh, it's a lot easier for me to come up with something to say. So really guys, I would really appreciate it. If you, if you ask more questions, y'all did a great job this time. Um, I, again, I've got four questions. Oh, the other question that we're not really going to touch on, uh, is breakdown on whether or not a relationship should be 50, 50 all the time. Big ask. I know there's actually an episode called 80, 20. Uh, it's a solo episode that I did. Uh, and it, that, that concept alone, the, the 50, 50 concept will probably get more multiple episodes to it and it's a very valid question uh know the guy that and the moment that i saw that you asked this question i sent you uh i sent you that episode uh it's a very very good question i wish i uh yeah we'll we'll do more episodes on that topic specifically breaking down uh distribution of effort in a relationship so anyway guys i appreciate it thank you for tuning into the one flesh podcast uh come back on sunday for the purpose podcast i believe we're going to have clint walker this week always a treat when clint when clint joins us uh i really really like that dude uh he's come with some solid advice and y'all all seem to really enjoy him so uh come back and we'll hear from you then thanks